So we're in prayer for, for that congregation, their pastor, and the rebuilding work that they have to do uh, for that. I am unaware of why, but I, anything from electrical work, I've been there to that church. It's not a, a newer, it's not a newer church. So um, just to be uh, in prayers for our, our sister congregation in Watts, California. I also have a personal prayer request for you. I, I will be with you this week. I will be here next week as we uh, pray through the week for the uh, Fikes family as we move towards next Sunday at noon, a memorial service for Virginia Fikes. Uh, this dear family has waited two years for, for this gathering, uh, COVID, uh, travel restrictions, and so forth. So if you remain in prayer for the Fikes family throughout the week, we will meet and, and celebrate uh, Virginia's life next Sunday at noon. And also, I will be away from uh, February the 14th until February the 22nd. I ask you to have prayers for my dad, who is dealing with different heart and respiratory issues. So I'm going to go home and help my mom take care of my dad for a week. And that'll be the week of um, February the 14th, and I will return. I will physically be back on campus on the 23rd. So I just hold those prayers, please. Um, any other prayer requests as we move into our time of prayer? Okay, precious and loving God, we thank you for your spirit. Please be with us today as we celebrate your love. Amen. Good morning. We got a lot going on. So I will uh, try to remind you of some of the things that are coming up. Um, they're also in the pastor's newsletter for the most part. So if you don't catch everything I say, because I do talk a little fast, well, then you can look at the newsletter and be reminded in print. Um, I would like to start off today by calling everyone's attention to the beautiful flowers this morning, given in honor of Jan's late husband, John Bunganek. So a beautiful flower arrangement again. Thanks, Kathy. I imagine you did those too. So beautiful. Um, upcoming events. Let me start furthest off and give everyone a hint. Easter is on the 17th of April. So that's coming up. And we'll have um, more information about all the Easter activities as we get a little bit closer to that time. Um, moving backwards into March... On Wednesday, the 16th of March, the blood mobile's coming back. Um, you've probably all seen the pastor's email highlighting the need for, for blood donations this year. There, there seems to have been an exaggerated need. So everybody that can make it to the Red Cross, or this is probably the San Diego um, blood mobile. San Diego Blood Bank, um, just consider whether or not, you know, that's something that you can do. Um, the 16th of March, that Blood Mobile will be here from 1 to 6 p.m. Um, and their process was really easy the last time they were here. So don't, don't stay away just because it seems like it'll be too hard. It, it went pretty quick and easy. Um, 
backing up to the 8th of March, 10 a.m. in person, we begin the Lenten Bible study. It's the Words of Life by Adam Hamilton. So that's coming up uh, early in March. March 2nd, that's Ash Wednesday. And there'll be more about that later on as well. Um, we had talked about the kids club getting together on the 20th of February. It's going to be the 27th of February. As the pastor mentioned, he's away and he doesn't wanna miss that time with the kids. So the kids club is moving to the 27th of February. The 13th of February, of course, um, Virginia Fike's service will be at noon at 3 p.m. Um, not only our teens, but some teens from a couple of the other district churches will be here for a uh, uh, Methodist youth group meeting for the teens. Um, backing up even further, the 9th this week on Wednesday at 4, we have the Zoom trustees meeting still, right, Ray? For all the trustees, that's at 4 on Wednesday. At 11 a.m. on Tuesday, also on Zoom, we have admin council. So it's a meeting week. Um, let's see. You will notice, and, and I will move around and hand some of these out in a little bit if you didn't pick one up on your way in. Um, the, the boxes to send off to the college, college kids have been created, but we want to put in some um, inspirational or encouraging notes for them. So I will be um, moving around with these little note papers. The pastor has given us permission to write these during his sermon. So, so you're safe. If you're looking down and writing, he's not going to be upset thinking that you're ignoring him and going to sleep or something. So um, permission during the sermon to write these notes. Um. Let's see, I, I will just tell you tentatively, this is, this is uh, again, back in April, tentatively, we're looking at doing a spring cleanup of the, of the church. There'll be lots of projects, something for everybody, tentatively looking on maybe the second Saturday before Easter. So about the second of April, uh, we'll be looking to try to get together and, and clean here and there and all over here in the church. Um, this week, uh, there is no Bible study on Tuesday, so you can leave the books in the book bag for this Tuesday. Um, Thursday, there will be prayer group at 10. That's still happening. Um, those two events will not happen next week, though, in the pastor's absence. So on um, Tuesday the 15th and Thursday the 17th, those two groups will not be meeting. Uh, Last thing, don't forget, virtual coffee hour at noon today. So everybody has a chance to hurry home, grab a quick lunch, and then have some social time on Zoom. That's all I had, Pastor. Thank you.
We invite you to stand and sing with us this morning. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Next slide. I want to see you. One more time. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you higher, lifted up, 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 shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing. morning. Please stand as you're able and join me in our call to worship. God is our strength. God is our strength. 
God is our hope. God is our salvation. Just a quick moment of church aerobics there. You guys, if you want to come up and sit down, if you want to stay with your moms and dads, that's okay too. Just make sure you have space between each other. Okay. Hi. Have you ever heard the phrase, practice makes perfect? Yes. How many of you believe that? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to believe that because practice actually means hours and 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 hours of practice. And it takes time and it takes a lot of patience and a lot of caring to get there. I know Alex plays tennis and I've seen pictures of Alex with that tennis racket. It's awesome. And I know that you guys play basketball and soccer. And I venture to bet that the way you play now is way different than the first time that you got on a ball, a ball field or a tennis court and didn't even know the rules or anything. Everything in our lives takes effort, including our faith. Sometimes it's really hard to just trust in something that we don't see and don't understand. But the more we try and the more we practice doing it and the more times we find help and guidance and learning the way to do things and learning the way to pray and learning the ways to learn, it gets a lot easier as time goes by. So just time, like the first time, Alex, that you held a tennis racket or guys, the first time you kicked the ball, things get a lot easier the more and the more that we do it. So you're getting ready to go to Sunday school today, and I, I don't remember who your teacher is, but they're going to help you learn. Is it Miss Jan? Miss Sandra. Miss Sandra is going to help you practice one day closer of getting a lot more comfortable with our faith and our trust, okay? So let's join together in prayer. Dear God, help me see you so I can see hope. Amen. All right, enjoy Sunday school, gang.
Let us pray. God, our help and hope, inspire our trust in the midst of our doubts. Encourage us to hope in the midst of despair. Help us answer your call and live with the strength of faithful followers. Amen. Now how our Lord taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's join together in our prayer of assurance. Next slide, please. God is our strength and our salvation. In God's loving grace, we rest safe and secure. Thank you, God, for blessing us with your presence and be with us today. Amen. Now, a letter to the Ephesians. I keep asking that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let's join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, thank you. We thank you that you understand our being, that we began short. We thank you for the places of growth and hope that comes by your caring guidance. Precious God, today as we continue to look at the blessings of justifying grace, that we see that even when we're on the path, there's still more. Be with us today, Lord. Touch our hearts. Amen. Quick reminder, over the last few weeks, and when I say the last few weeks, this started at Advent. And I have decided last year into this year is to try to carry a theme and a focus all the way to the resurrection. And it was through our reading of Dr. Hamilton's book during our Advent Bible study that that idea became whole and possible. The idea in every idea, every presence, every being, every conversation of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ becomes the image of empowering the disempowered with hope. We looked at that last week as we looked at the life of the Apostle Paul and as we looked at 1 Corinthians 13 and we talked about what love is and we talked about the active struggle 
of what love is, the necessity of participating, of trying, of overcoming challenges, of doing whatever it takes to display patience and peace and kindness and joy and care in all ways. As we watched this tent maker Saul with his hurts and his hates become an individual so touched and stirred that his life was fully transformed and became the voice of the New Testament. Today, I want us to look at it again as we continue to look at Paul's words in this letter, challenging individuals of understanding that there is always places of growth, always places of growth, as we try to grow closer to Jesus Christ. In my years upon years as a youth director, one of my blessings that I had during this time of year was to lead confirmation. I had all three of the fan kids in confirmation with me. My blessing sharing in confirmation is this. The, they, the kids ask, how do I know if we pass confirmation? You, you don't pass confirmation. Confirmation is a starting point of a lifelong journey. If, Neil, if Alex takes a heart tennis like people take confirmation, she'll beat the Williams sisters one day. Because it's not one step that we reach a goal. Confirmation is a lifelong practice in which that we continue to learn to focus, and we ask the question, how is Jesus Christ real in my life today? We see that in this scripture written by the Apostle Paul as he shares beautiful words such as praying for our minds to be empowered by the knowledge of Jesus Christ, by using the words of praying that our hearts and our spirits be moved and transformed as we grow in the knowledge of the presence of our Savior. Now, each week I've used either directly the life of Jesus Christ as an image of empowerment through Christ's being. Last week, we used the image of the Apostle Paul. This week, I want to use the image of the founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley. Because within our lives, we have these moments that we think that we have reached the place where God wants us to be, but there is still a stirring and a challenge to try more. There is no individual that I've really seen that idea more richly in than within John Wesley. I want you to think about the early years of John Wesley as he and his brother Charles and all the other kids sat at a dinner table with his mom, and every night, every single night, his mom had a Bible lesson for them at dinner time, moving and being stirred of hearing those lessons and being so moved and stirred that wanting to participate within it. Thankfully, his brother Charles had the musical ability, and if you open up your hymnals, you'll see the word Wesley as the author of many of the hymns that's in our hymnal. That's, that's good brother Charles. And John, whose heart was moved to go out and to be a participant of servant. But what happens 
is even when we become the ones who start to practice, start to try, start to grow, we fumble every once in a while. The, the boys don't win every soccer game, and Alex won't win every tennis tournament. And sometimes, no matter how hard we work for our jobs, we'll have a failure or a setback that actually begins to make us question, why am I doing this? I, I very, don't misread what I'm going to say because I'm not the only pastor that thought this in the year 2020. But when 2020 came, every pastor questioned their call in 2020. How do I continue to do this in this situation? It was hard. It was challenging. And I need to take the word was out. It is hard. It is challenging as I look out at you still wearing your mask and we're all getting our shots and we're trying to take care of each other. The challenge still exists. And then within that challenge becomes moments that the Apostle Paul is talking about in this letter. When your hearts are troubled, I pray for you the, the holy knowledge to know the next steps. When you feel challenged or you question the places that you are, I pray that you feel the holy knowledge of what to do next. Because even when we are on the right path, we can feel like we have fallen off of that path. That starts in the early years of John Wesley's life as he begins to begin his ministry in the Church of England, and he strives to want to make a difference that he goes out and he begins to build orphanages in the Georgia colonies. It was his heart and his focus and the challenge of doing something strong and different in that realm of ministry. And the great founder of the United Methodist Church that we still talk about today failed horribly at trying to start those orphanages. Feeling called upon years upon years of Bible studies with his mom being stirred by the songs that he and his brother wrote together, being in these places of sitting in the Holy Spirit looking for guidance, still moving towards a place of failure and hurt and worry. As we look at the lives of all the great agents of change who have existed through time, we see that it is within their most challenged moments that they find the footsteps to truly step forward and do the right things. We've been watching a lot at our house, the movie 42, the movie about Jackie Robinson. And that first year that Jackie was in the National League and the first time that he was playing Major League Baseball, there was a lot of challenges that Jackie Robinson had to deal with that would have made it so that I would have just gave up. But he had a greater purpose and a greater calling because of the path that he was on. And even with death threats and worries and challenges and fears, he found a way to take the next step, especially in the moments that it would have been more self-comforting more self-assuring and a lot less stressful if he just set his baseball bat down and went home. 
we look at others who look at the world through greater eyes and we begin to realize what it means that within the moments of our deepest struggle becomes the footsteps that can inspire others to do greater things. John Wesley, in this moment, gets on a boat to return home to England in despair and hurt that this ministry fell apart. His life was his wife, life was so much in shambles that he broke up with his girlfriend. And within his anger of breaking up with his girlfriend, he excommunicated her from the church. <laughs> but within all that hurt and shambles, a pivotal moment happens in John Wesley's life that helps him refocus everything. It happens in a boat journey traveling from the American colonies back to England in which that his boat was on a rocky path and he feared for his life and cried and worried. But on the other side of the boat, heard a collection of worshipers singing hymns and staying focused on hope. He heard others singing hymns and staying focused on hope. As we hear the Apostle Paul in the scripture talk about the holy knowledge. As we hear the Apostle Paul talk about in the scripture, the, the Holy Spirit's guidance through things. It's in those moments that darkness becomes its darkest that we try even a little bit harder to see the empowering spark of hope, not a flame not even a match, but a spark of hope. Because it was that little spark of hope that showed the difference of the journey. When John Wesley began to see the difference of this journey, it helped John Wesley go through a place of self-evaluation. And it's a self-evaluation that I find myself going through a lot, and I hope that you do as well. Because there are times in our lives that we do things because we have to do them. And there's times in our lives that we do things because we're inspired and enriched by them. When I look at John Wesley's life, specifically with building the orphanages in Georgia, I see through my mind's eye, I have to. I have to do this. I have to do this to prove that I'm on the right path. And the have-tos in lives is not grace. Grace isn't this action that I go out and I do something because I have to do it. Grace is the moment that I go out because there is something outside of me that is inspiring me to do more. There is something outside of me that is inspiring me not to have to, but to want to. It was John Wesley's have-tos that he stumbled through. And he was so locked into the have to, and I intentionally made the joke about him breaking up with his girlfriend. It was him so stuck in his have to's that he wanted to hurt someone else so badly that he took away their opportunity to have to. But there was a moment of revelation hearing the hymns on that boat. Now, we get into that moment of of switching, and there's still one more 
opportunity to, to find the place where we get in the grace-filled response of wanting to. We can hear someone lay the path out so many times, and we can read scripture day after day, and we can listen to the right pastors share the right sermons. On February 6th in Oceanside, California, you could have heard Drew Davis share the best sermon he ever gave. But it becomes that moment that we desire to interact with it that empowers it. And at Aldersgate Church in England, John Wesley had that moment that he desired to interact with it. John Wesley shares this phrase, and it's a phrase that I hope one day you experience, and I hope that these words fit for you. John Wesley shared at the end of that moment that he felt that his heart was strangely warmed. Maybe you'll say it right when you feel it that way. Let's try it again. <laughs> he felt his heart was strangely warmed, and he felt the insurance that even he could receive salvation through Jesus Christ. When we get stuck in the have-to moments, it can become very disempowering because it's too much about us in that moment. And faith, as I talk many times in confirmation as well, is completely about you and absolutely about everyone else. I'm going to say that one more time. Faith is completely about you and absolutely about everyone else. When we find our place in grace, the moment becomes that we begin to look outside of ourselves so that we see how that becomes applied in other people's lives. As John Wesley began to find his footing after that Aldergate's church experience, it becomes his desire, not his have to, his want to, to go out and in his words, make the world his parish. And then he steps out and he does things radically differently. It becomes less about him and more about everyone else. When he finds the freedom and the empowerment, when he finds what the Apostle Paul said in the scripture is that holy knowledge, he begins to do things outside of his understanding. His fellow friends in the Church of England were very frustrated with him when he started preaching the gospel at the factories instead of having everyone come into the cathedral. Within his own fight and struggle, he had to even act against his political ideas as a loyalist to the king when he decided to send Asbury and Coke to the American colonies to share Holy Eucharist with those who wouldn't take communion because they didn't want anything to do with the king. When he began to become empowered with this phrasing from the Apostle Paul, the holy knowledge, he began to see his whole place and faith and the wholeness and sharing it with others. His whole place and faith 
and the wholeness in sharing it with others. As we continue to deal with dealing, whatever it may be, frustrated nights with your kids or frustrated nights because of your boss or frustrated nights because of your spouse, everybody look at the ground. Don't look at your wives or husbands sitting next to you. <laughs> Hopefully that we can find the places that we can sit down, set aside some of those things and use that holy understanding so that we can become people who repair hope and through repairing hope, empowering others through hope to do great and wonderful things. That's what Jesus Christ did for us as his living mission. When Jesus Christ was with his followers at the altar that night in the upper room, he celebrated the reality of what his ministry would be for others. And today, as we move into our time of Holy Communion, we celebrate Jesus Christ's being. And in the places that we feel despair, hopefully we see Christ's hope. And through Christ's hope, we see ways to inspire others. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You are quick to show mercy, sometimes through the most unlikely persons or means, and your glory shines all the brighter. And so, with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. He continues today to heal those in need of his gentle touch. Your spirit anointed him to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, 
we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, that we might be made whole. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Please receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Generous God, help us hold on to hope with such faithfulness and confidence that we might give as generously as we have received and love as abundantly as we are loved. In hope and gratitude, we offer these gifts to you. Amen.
you um, if you didn't get a chance to give the notes back, uh, if you just set them on one of the chairs in the back row, we will put those in the boxes for the college kids. The last time that we sent out the boxes, it was the notes that got the most response, more than the potato chips and the candy bars. It was the notes that got the biggest response. So thank you for that. Let's, let's join together for our closing benediction. Do not fear the waters of faith. Do not fear the dangers of the deep. Do not fear casting your nets among the lost. Thanks be to God. Amen.